The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hey everyone, every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously pick up a first date. Or maybe, you know, that little ding in your door when your wife tries to back your car out of the garage, but a door is open. That's unfair. That's a personal one right there. The luxury package you got after a big it's promotion. It's a smart car. It should tell you the door's open. It definitely should, but I thought one of the kids was telling me she told you the whole time as you were backing up. Uh, or the mileage, or maybe the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer. While you can't put a price tag on your stories now, with TrueCar, you can at least find out what your car is worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to TrueCar, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details pop up. Like the one that says, bing, this car's door hit a garage on the way out of it one day going to drop the kids off at school then answer a few questions navigation and moonroof watch as they bump up your value high mileage you already knew it was going to cost you but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead once you're finished you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes which you can take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today true cash offer not available in all areas Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Richard Blaze here. Jasmine Blaze here. Gigi's back again. We can't get rid of her. Uh, I'm just kidding. We don't want to get rid of you. Uh, You were all the way. uh, We're back from Europe, guys. Uh, We're back. back. We we will. uh, We came back a couple days ago. We were in. We're uh, back, but you're still speaking Italian. Am I? Well, yeah, I am true. I didn't speak really a lot of. We were in Rome and in Tuscany and uh, Florence and Siena. And I uh, supposedly didn't speak any Italian (laughs) until I got to Los Angeles. That was my joke until you got to the customs desk. And I was like, like, grazie, (laughs) prego. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that's actually pretty accurate. I did speak French to the lady on the plane from Los Angeles to San Diego. Great. Excellent. Uh, Where Gigi lost her iPad. I spoke Spanish to about half the people in Italy, so it's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I went into French a little bit too. Uh, It's been a week of losing things. Uh, Mercury's in retrograde. Mercury's well, in retrograde. Watch uh, Gigi lost stuff. her iP- iPad on the on the short little flight from Los Angeles to San Diego, which is a bummer too. Yes. It would just be better to lose it, I think, in Europe, because then it's at least it's a story. Like, ah, oh, I lost it. Oh, you can watch it. You can watch it on your like find your iPad. Mm, yeah, but app. you, you but can see it traveling. That's around. the worst when you lose things. Uh, we're not going to get into it, but we're looking for a metal detector. <laughs> Which I think is We've funny. Lost. We've lost. Hit us up on the Instagram if you want to know why the Blaze family is looking for a metal detector, and maybe uh, Jasmine Blaze will let you know on the Starving for Pod Instagram handle. Uh, guess what? Besides this, this trip we just took to Italy, um, we celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday, which was Sunday, yeah, a couple like a, days a late, after Thanksgiving. Can, it was a yeah, a, a late Thanksgiving. A late uh, yeah. makeup for Thanksgiving again because we were in Italy where they don't I have like, turkeys. I like the way you put it. I said makeup on Instagram, but you said a different word that I thought was better. Alternative? Yeah, maybe or something. I? You had a different word. You had a, a good word. Because makeup kind of sounded like we we made an error on Thanksgiving, right. but we yeah, didn't. We true. ate like delicious pasta on Thanksgiving, and it was that's great. true. We made we did calculate knowing that we would but, be in, in Italy over. 
Thanksgiving where they yeah. don't have turkeys. I'm sure they actually have turkeys. Probably somewhere. Running around Tuscany somewhere. It seems like Tuscany yeah. should have turkeys. Uh, you know what? We're and probably wrong about They had peacocks. We saw one of those. Yeah. Um, that would be... A, well, the kids would not have liked that. Yeah. If we cooked that peacock... It's like kings used things- to eat that. Yeah. Really? Peacocks? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh my gosh. You didn't know that? No. King, like, yeah, like, yeah. It makes sense. More like kind of British, but yeah, like a big giant. I don't know if you're messing with me right now, but we're going to have to look into it. Uh, I'll post a picture. We did not eat peacock for Thanksgiving. We did uh, cook a traditional turkey yesterday, and it got me thinking as I was putting up. Uh, I, there was this pressure. There was this weird pressure, even while we were in Italy, to put up, like when, when Thanksgiving, when we were overseas, and there was all, the, all these chefs and celebrities and just people in general putting up pictures of their Thanksgiving Day spread. Yeah. It made me realize uh, for the first time during a, during a holiday that there is, there's even added pressure of, of trying to deliver like content during these holidays. Sure. Right? Yeah, of course. I, I, well, obviously, it's, it's kind of organic. I mean, everybody's kind of doing the same thing. At least that's what it feels like on social media. It's just a great moment for like, especially for chefs where it's like, oh, they, people might be used to seeing your food in restaurants or on social media, you know, pictures of plated food and fancy stuff. And sure. we're out here, you know, uh, foraging for truffles a couple of days before. And then here's like an almost burnt, tur- burnt turkey right. that comes out of the oven. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see that uh, on Chrissy Teigen's, the pie that she no. made? You didn't see this? No. Oh, I, thought that, I thought that's where you were going. I was No, I was telescope. going with more Ludo uh, oh. Lefebvre. Oh, same. Yes. Well, almost burning down his mother Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, in exactly. Colorado, I think. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, Chrissy Teigen, similar thing. She did like this whole like something I would do like Instagram stories of like you know ten steps making this pie and like then, live, like, right? Because you had to do it. In yeah, order. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, never posted like the final of the pie. Right. And then went to like her feed and was like, "Here's why I didn't post the final of the pie, you assholes, because <laughs> it's burnt, like right. burnt, just crispy it, brown on it, top. It's a burnt. Yeah, that's." Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the problems, right? Once that you, I, in the early days of like an Instagram, for example, people weren't too worried about lighting and angles, right? Oh, and yeah. A lot of it was yeah. just raw. Yeah. Like, just it was, like literally like, like snap, snap, Maybe snap, you bought Hipstamatic right. and like could get like one filter on it. There were like four filters and it was more just like a day in the life. Yeah. Um, and then it became super curated and people became like, you know, professional photographers yeah and but you're right it does it, it does unbutton things a little bit it loosens it up a little like i feel like especially on for the holidays food, for food people right yeah like the thanksgiving posts are a little bit more like exactly like nice, I, I mean just those two things that you said chrissy teigen's pretty much although she does a really great job i think of being ultra authentic yeah she's pretty perfect yeah her family's sure. awesome i mean totally. she's a, a a list triple a list celebrity Sure. Ludo Lefebvre is a, a really a funny one yeah. to me because like, again, his food's so amazing. It right. al- almost, al- you know, is always... And that could have been anyone. And it was probably a half a million people. I didn't listen to the experience. sound. You showed me either. the post. I didn't listen to the sound, but it did. It looked like, because it wasn't it's, necessarily like a restaurant oven and it was in like one of those, like the turkey pan. It was like grandmother's like, oven. Like yeah. a, and like, like the just, uh, aluminum yeah. pan. Like I, I'm, I'm, I, I remember, right? Yeah. It was a couple yeah. seconds. Yeah. And like, there's like a fire and it, yeah. it's exactly Something like... smoking. Like, yeah, just, yeah. It's, just imagine that that happened like 1,006 times easily throughout the country, probably more, more so. That. Uh, yeah, that aluminum turkey pan, yeah. never a good idea. Nope. Right? Never stirred Invest enough. in a good... Okay, so we're getting into the Thanksgiving part of this. Hot takes. Thanksgiving hot takes. Uh, one is right there. We'll just come off of Ludo's uh, almost disaster, perhaps, right? Yeah. Is get a good roasting pan. Right. 
uh, that's a good one. That that can fit a whole bird. Do you right? get a lot or of a whole uh, prime rib? Do you get a lot of uh, uh, hotline DMs? Do you get a lot of uh, tip DMs? You know, on I, 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 it, it has faded a little bit because I'm never one that really answers people. Usually, True. historically, I've been getting a little bit better with it um, yeah. overall. And and uh, yes, I have answered a couple. So I do get hotline stuff. Yeah. In this case, most of them were after the fact. Okay. But 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 this year we also again continued our work with uh, Morton Salt. Oh, that's right. Okay. Right. So we did the Brine Time app with Alexa. So you were alive in uh, AI, basically. Uh, Alexa just woke up, by the way. Well, that's because you said, you her, said name. her name. Uh, <laughs> yes, and in the AI, we were there helping people, yeah. but also because we did some of that content before the holidays, people reach out, right? Right. And then this morning, actually, I put up a picture of the bird that we cooked yesterday. Okay. Um. And then everyone is like, how did you get it so brown? What I really loved about it is, and you guys had the turkey that we yeah. cooked yesterday. Yeah. It was yummy. Yeah, thank you, Jeej, without being prompted. Uh, <laughs> delicious, golden brown, uh-huh. and really simply cooked. Right. Um, but someone on my Instagram page today was like, how do you get it so golden brown and not overcooked and dry? Yeah. And, and I like, was like, it's the perpetual how filter. <laughs> What? I said it's the Perpetua filter on Instagram. Right, right, right. No, but I was like, um, how do you know it's not overcooked and dry? Right. Because <laughs> like, obviously as it. a professional chef, you're just yeah. looking at a picture and I'm posting it. So you're assuming that I'm incredibly proud of it. Right. Which, uh, I mean, I was because like it was nutritious it and nice. it fed yeah. our family and it right. was nice and it was golden brown. Yeah. Uh, here's the one thing though, for that person who asked, and I'm kind of going sideways in your question, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to cook <laughs> the perfect turkey and we this ha- is this the conversation hot every year this is the hot take. every year right and it doesn't matter like okay i'm doing this work with morton so we're talking about brining um one because it's a salt company and two because brining is a really effective way to season uh, anything specifically turkeys it's a way to keep things moist right but it is one technique of right. many things that you can choose to do on thanksgiving right and it kind of creates this i think unfair like war between like, like what you're what's the way mm. to do turkey, right? Sure. And there were people, Tom Colicchio, who was anti-Brian, right? Anti-Brian. I think because he did one article and something or has said something I about remember. it. I read, right. Yeah, I read that article. You read that article, I remember. Right? Okay, yeah. great. That's Tom Colicchio's way of doing turkey. Yeah. I'm sure it's delicious. He's an amazing does chef. Does he do the upside down one? Is that what he does? Does he do breast know. side down? I don't know, but I know that like when I did the Morton Salt post this week, yeah. some people were like, I'm going to have to tell Tom. Right. Like, <laughs> like, first of all, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, like the if if you roast the bird without brining, it's going to be delicious. Listen, Guess what? Listen, brining a bird is a pain in the butt. Like Ooh, you better have a paint bucket or something enormous to put like a Gatorade cooler bucket. or like something to put the bird. I mean, the thing's huge. Well, and then you have to have a refrigerator. I can understand why Tom, if he's speaking to home cooks, could be a little bit down on the brine side only because you got to have someplace to store it. First of all, you can buy a bag called a brining bag gross which is the size of your turkey which makes sense and then okay. it, oh, you use less liquid so there, right. like, there's ways but to get you around have to, like, it you do need work down listen, the brine well let's be ratio. let's talk about refrigerator space just in general this right? is turning into a turkey podcast it, this is our first food food segment really <laughs> yes, our first full food podcast all right let's um, hear it let's break it down well you need i mean you're, you're always gonna not gonna have space I mean, we're True. blessed to have two refrigerators True. and we don't yeah. have enough space. True. So like, that's just something you got to plan for, right? Yeah. You got to remove a shelf. You got to remove a rack in the oven, whatever right. it is. People aren't roasting large cuts of meat usually at home. Yeah. And it presents a problem. Right. Uh, 
you know, I'm a little surprised that you're so anti, you know, uh, brining for the it's time gross. of it. You got to touch a rubber. I am and all gro- that. I'm just grossed it. out by okay. a by a big bucket of ooze. That's all. Well, you get rid of the the liquid. That's for sure. But it's one of many different ways to do right. it. Sure. So that this is what happens. Ooh, what do you do? You smoke yours? Do you do you brine yours? Do you fry it? <laughs> Guess what? A brine turkey is delicious. Guess what? Tom Clickio's unbrined bird, delicious. A smoked bird like we did last year, which by the way, when I put that picture up last year on Instagram, everyone said it was burnt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> because it's a smoked turkey. Right. It yeah, ends up looking right. almost black, right? I it gets a that. smoked yeah. color to it. Guess what? That turkey's delicious. And if you wanted to drop one in the deep fryer, that's going to be delicious too. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing with turkey. Like it's never going to be 100% perfect because it's a large cut of meat and the breasts and the legs and the thighs cook at different times. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Only way to do it absolutely perfectly is to be the absolute insane person who breaks their turkey down. Right. Which you would only do if you, you buy two. To. You've done this one. You did this one year. You, you bought two turkeys. Yes. And you broke down one yes. completely mm-hmm. and then made stock and like sous vide the legs and the, the breasts, breasts separately the different leg, right? times. Exactly. Right. And then you made a bird as like a showpiece bird, but then I don't think you actually served yes. it. <laughs> Except the, we used it for like leftover uh, sandwiches, but like pretty much. you just made it the centerpiece for like the carving and then took it away and replaced it like TV swap out. Right. So, and, and I just did a Rachel Ray segment before a couple of weeks ago, right? Where we were talking about easy to make sauces and gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you got to cook two birds. So like you can't tell anyone at home, here's how you master Thanksgiving. Right. Cook two birds. You got to now Ridiculous. cook two birds. Yeah. And you got to also go get this immersion circulator and you got to break down the breasts. You're living in a dream world. Exactly. Um, But the point is all of these things are good. There's no one technique. Like uh, next year, maybe we'll smoke a bird. Maybe we're going to fry one. But but you you have had the good fortune, perhaps. I don't know. I've been the one cooking. So I don't (laughs) say you've had the good fortune is is patting myself on the back. Uh, What's your favorite type of turkey? Putting you on the spot. Um, We smoked one last year. This was a traditional roast with a brine. We've done the sous vide in the... And the I don't uh, I don't legs. care for the sous vide. I think you're crazy. I think it's rubbery. It reminds me of deli meat. I don't like it. Okay, um, which is perfect. Which means it's perfect. Gross. Okay. Um, I the one this year was great. The brine was great. It was good. Yeah, you did say it was dry. You uh, said I it said reminded the breast you... is always a little dry. Like it's supposed to be that way, right? Like I was, I am raised on dry turkey breast. <laughs> I think that's just it's like what you what you have, what you get when you're making it at home. I think that's just like you know part of the part of the deal. Everybody's used to that. You get weird, uncomfortable conversations and dry turkey breast. Yeah, um, you know what we've never done, and I'm kind of surprised now that we're just kind of getting into it. Is uh, we've never done the full blast turducken. We had one. We had a family member last year bring one in, right. like the crayfish stuffed oh, one yeah, in Florida, yeah. Yeah. which is like. Th- then you start getting into like, oh, you want you know, spice games, a whole different totally story, different, right? But the turducken, I want to get. I want to do one. Okay, I want to do one one year, but I want to keep right. going. I want to in- inside of the chicken do a pigeon, and Did inside you- of the pigeon do a squab, and inside of a squab do a quail, like a Russian doll. I don't know what that means. Really. <laughs> Like a Russian doll. Oh. You know those dolls that they open up yeah, and inside. But they're not called Russian doll. dolls, are they? Yes, they are. Are they called I mean, Russian there's dolls? There's probably another name in Russia, but like <laughs> here, that's what we call them. I don't know. Mm, I want to do the Russian doll version of uh, the Tadakin. Great. I don't want to stop. All the way, all the way down to um, a quail egg in the dead center of it. Gross. That'd be kind of gross. And you probably would need like uh, 15 uh, quail eggs to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, best part Speaking, about... Yeah. yeah. I was uh, going to say, speaking of quail eggs, it was good. good transition. I thought you were setting me up. 
ready oh, to go for for our next segment on this hot take uh, podcast. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm glad we want to get into the next segment because my nephew was going to be talking about leftovers, oh which gosh. totally would just this send us sideways. into the SNL. Where it tends us into the NPR SNL. Hey, what about pumpkin? Do you like that for Thanksgiving as yeah. well? Um, but that's not going to happen. You know, another great thing that made Thanksgiving super simple this year, especially since we threw it together quickly in the yeah, morning, right. was having all those amazing Anilon pots and pans totally. yes. uh, to make sauce. I so mean, easy. What, so easy. What did they get utilized for? Oh, one... Richard Blaze's miso mustard gravy. gravy yeah. Salty. Super salty. It's delicious. <laughs> delicious. Though. Like to like the you peak. You have to be, yeah, it's at the max. It was at the level of flavor amplitude. Max level. And yeah. when combined with other things, yeah. set those things off. Yeah, and I tell you what, not one bit of it stuck to that pan. Not one bit of it because those Anilon pans are kind of amazing. You know that. The Anilon Nouvelle Copper Lux hand anodized construction. It's twice as hard as stainless steel. Multi-layer metal bases are crafted with copper for excellent heat conductivity. Um, that's why none of the uh, gravy stuck. Triple layer premium non-stick interiors are utensil safe. Even as I was crisping up the bacon for the stuffing for the dressing this year, which I had very specific instructions how to make a stuffing that wasn't too moist, which oh. isn't a word that you want to hear a lot. But the Anilon Nouvelle Copper Lux made that happen. The pine nuts and the pepperoni that we brought back from Juniper and Ivy was pretty mm-hmm. good stuffing. I would pride myself in for the meal. The stuffing was good. The turkey was okay. The gravy was great. Yeah. Uh, there was something else that I thought. The mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes were, were mashed very potatoes nice. Were yeah. Especially with all those black truffles. Right. We got to do a whole foraging episode. The Anilon is easy to clean, rich, nonstick exteriors. Also, deep-seated stainless steel lids, which we used to uh, help make our uh, creamed corn panna cotta, mm-hmm. um, which did not scramble, luckily. Uh, and remember also, they're dishwasher safe, suitable for all stovetops, including induction. And oven safe up to 500 degrees, but don't turn on your oven to 500 degrees if you're roasting a turkey. But definitely, Anilon was part of our family Thanksgiving experience, wasn't it, Jasmine? It was definitely an important part. Make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute. Podcast One Sports is your home for the Underdog Sports Network. Join Chris Horwadell and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports with shows like Tales from the Association, the Underdog Sports NFL Show, and you're wrong and here's why. You can't rely on draft picks a lot of times with quarterbacks. There's four to five quarterbacks drafted in the first round that are complete busts. Check out all these exciting shows on the Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Hot takes. Uh, what's going Number on in the two. news? Well, um, I've had some time to look at the news. Good. Breaking. Kind of. You almost had it. <laughs> almost. It, it got close. a little It kind of was a little bird-like. Yeah. yeah, it got a little... We did land on Mars <laughs> yesterday. Uh, anyways. Okay. Um, no, I had some time because I'm a little bit jet-lagged, so I have some time in the middle of the night jet to look at... Jet-lagged grumpy. I know, jet-lagged and grumpy. They go hand in hand. Not because of the jet-lag, though. Um, and... I was reading and I happened to see our actually last week's guest, uh, Andrew Knowlton, had a write-up in Bon Appetit magazine. Wait, for, he had a write-up in his own... Oh, he was, wrote well, the he article. Well, he wrote the... Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he wrote this. The, it was the Keystone piece. It's the, the best new restaurant got announced. Or I mean, it's like a list of top 10, but I think right. this is like the number one. So mm-hmm. that to me means Prestigious it's the best list new restaurant. for any publication right. like Bon Appetit. And it's in Oklahoma City. 
Oklahoma City, yeah. OKC. OKC. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it says on the basketball jerseys. I'm pretty sure too. Okay. And it's called Nunsuch and it's tiny. Right. And I watched this little video and I read a little bit of the article and it's, um, it kind of just made me think and it's something that you and I have talked about before. Like, is everybody just looking for Noma? Mm, what do you mean by that? Like, is everybody look like the, the video itself, like right away, these guys are in the woods, they're pulling mushrooms off trees, like they got tweezers and they're pulling, you know, pulling stuff out of the ground and eating things off of bushes. Like to <laughs> right. me, it's like, that's what would happen if you went to Noma. I don't know. I haven't been, but right. you know, like that's kind of the cuisine that I feel like, you know, hyper local, super kind of esoteric ingredients and things that are locally sourced, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I would say that that certainly Noma and Renee Redzepi pioneered the idea of the modernist forager. Right. So my point being that is, is, are we, or is food media, are they looking for, for, no, are they looking for hmm. that model in America? So this is interesting. Are you presenting the case that this might not be the best restaurant in America? Or are you presenting the case that it's a surprise hmm. that it's in Oklahoma City as well? I don't or that there's a uh, some uh, something else at hand when it comes to the publications themselves finding. That's what you're saying. I think that the there's a storytelling arc that exists there, but I think it's also naive to think that only good restaurants can exist in New York, San Francisco, L.A. Sure, like, sure. That's completely ridiculous. Before right? I even answer your question, okay. I, it makes me think. Um, and this kind of goes to our trip that we just had, right? We mm-hmm. went to Rome and f- we've been to Paris together. We, I've been, I've been to, and you've been to most of the major cities in Europe before this trip to Rome. Surprisingly, a lot of people were telling me things that weren't great about Rome. Mm. Generally okay. like, Oh, it's gonna, it's, it's, it's kind of dirty. It's super hot. Like right. they were just right. I mean, a sure. lot of our friends and people that yeah. have been, were just like this weird sort of like thing that was happening. Yeah. yeah. At, and then we got there and the weather was beautiful. The yeah. food was delicious. Everyone was hospitable. Yeah, the, it was great. Perfect. It, was, it was picturesque, clean, and nice. Sure. So almost like an under-promise, over-deliver. Like we, sure. uh, the expectations were kind of lower for me. Okay. Where is, I think that that also can serve like a restaurant that's in Oklahoma City without, having, without knowing anything about this restaurant, none sure. such. Okay. Or anything about... All of these types of restaurants that now are appearing right. in these publications. Yeah. Do you think it 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 like helps the restaurant that's in a smaller market because you're not expecting right. maybe a, a diamond in the a rough. Noma, right? right. Yeah. Or a New York City or a Los Angeles or a Chicago or a San Francisco three star restaurant experience. Sure. Yeah. I right? mean I, I, like, I think that's probably this... a, a check in their column for sure. Right. right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I think it all goes in hand in hand. But I I agree with you. I think the publications themselves are certainly looking for a restaurant that's in the woods or out of the way, off right. the beaten path for sure. And that, uh, can it really be the case that all of these great restaurants lately tend to be in these sort of uh, lesser known areas? Right. I would also argue that. Well, I mean, we'd have to do some research, but, uh, you know, the story of, of millennial flight is definitely mm. prescient, you know? So if you're saying that the the kids in their 20s, you know, late mid to late 20s are leaving big cities because it's too expensive or, you know, they're just getting priced out um, or there's not, it's not enough opportunity in those cities and they're going back to, you know, maybe um, they went to school in a bigger city and then they're going back to their hometowns or they're finding other, you know, smaller cities where they can thrive and where they can afford a home and they can afford real estate or they can afford a, a restaurant space. 
And maybe we're just seeing a little bit of that, of, of some of these. I mean, definitely in this article, one of the kids did a stint at Noma. Right. 100%. Okay. Um, at least one of them. You know, so like, are they are 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 we seeing just a little bit of that trickle down? You know, of of this millennial flight, and then going to the, you know these small cities. I love the uh, term millennial flight, which obviously I don't do enough reading because it's something it seems like you've uh, like I understand it one hundred percent. Did you? Know. Well, if you coined it, that's amazing. Um, well, <laughs> you're, but say. you are one hundred percent right about this, right? Like this is the idea of uh, also a transition from, especially in the food world, where it really was like master apprentice for a really long time, right? Yeah. Where if you wanted to be an executive chef and you wanted to work at a, one of the best restaurants, you had to work for a great chef, let's say for 10 years right. by their side and work your way up all the ranks. Right. And that maybe you would get a chance to run one of the restaurants that that chef was affiliated with, right? You worked for a master. Right. Um, and now it's we're, we're, it's almost like... Um, I mean, these sort of massive companies still exist, but let's use like IBM as an example. You'd work for IBM for your whole career or you'd work there for whatever, 20, 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, now, I think most people in all different sorts of industries are more apt to just take a shot and do something on their own. And I think millennial flight, when it comes to food... And if they can do it in a city that's more approachable and friendly from a financial standpoint, sure. well, why not? And right? going back to like the Noma example, which is concrete in this case, because one of the chefs you said worked there, right. but that's exactly what Rene Redzepi did, right. uh, is, you know, work for some of the great chefs throughout the world, work for some great European chefs, and then sort of have the realization, not that there wasn't great food happening in Copenhagen or in Scandinavia, but like, hey, we can do this food or, or we can do this food with our own ingredients right. in our own backyard right. and really focus on, uh, you know. So is uh, it a redo of like, you know, uh, uh, Paladin and like, you know, Thomas Keller, like making, you know, the, hmm. the uh, what is it, not the Petrale Soul, you know, as good as Dover Soul, you know, like, is it is it like that? Just a different generation? Oh, I, um, yeah. I mean, almost that, that, that's from the, uh, that was uh, a segment in the uh, Jeremiah Tower movie too, right? Where they were out there at Chez Panisse and like, that's sort of yeah. what Alice Waters did. Right. Um, right. Glorifying the yeah. American ingredient or California as it was. In Definitely. Case. But yeah. even more so now you're not just glorifying the American ingredient. Right. Um, super local, hyper local, right. um, you know, uh, forage products that are in the, the right. backwoods of, uh, Oklahoma city. Yeah. Um, so this is the best restaurant in the United States now. Yeah, none, none well, such. Well, that's what they, that's that's what uh, Andrew Knowlton said. Kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's, it, and it's, it reminded me actually uh, how uh, you're just like ten years too too late or too too soon. That's what we were because um, oh. like I just I read I read I was like, I'm ten years too late all Not the too, time. Yeah. I, I, I realized <laughs> that in I this was case it's actually ten years out. too soon. Right. Um, in that uh, one of the sentences, one of, I, I didn't quote it exactly here, but it's it's something like. You know, when Andrew went in there, there was a host, a server and three chefs and it was and, and you know, that's the staff. It's 22 seat restaurant. It's tiny, you know, right. but it reminded me a little bit of Blaze back in the day. Definitely. You know, which was on one of those charts and headed in that direction Maybe. before it's right. demise. Yeah. Uh, um, and also. Well, no, I'll save that for later. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're also curious right now. Well, the other interesting thing there is, and I think that you had just stumbled, you just made me think about something, is, is the critic in general also much more inspired by a business that seemingly doesn't want to operate as a business? Yeah, what sure. I'm saying is right. like, there's no way that a restaurant that has five seats or whatever, you know, five tables no. and no. three employees. Right. 
Like there's no real way that that, that that business went into it saying, let's go make some money. Right. Right. Yes. Like it's, 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 it's a, it's a platform or a stage for an artist. Yeah. Or three of them. There's three chefs. Like three, three artists. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but that's what it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, without even having to know what the menu costs or how many people right. they are pushing through the doors or how many people they're even going to now after an article like this. Sure. Um, it's, it's, it is going to pay the Which staff. is like a whole different podcast that we could get into of like what reviews like this could do or could do or couldn't do for restaurants. Right. Right. But I mean, this is great, though. I love that we're getting into this. The fact is, even if like 100 people knock on this door tomorrow, uh, they're not going to get in. You're only going to be able to cook for 30 (laughs) people, right? 22, maybe. Wait, you can do two turns or three turns. So, you know, maybe 66 in a night. In this scenario, it it creates a business, um, you know, uh, it creates a business. Yeah. Um, plan, yeah. business plan, b- right? Where maybe one didn't Flushes exist it out even, a bit. even sure. beforehand. Yeah, but it reminds me a little bit of that story. What's the story? Um, was it was it Jeremy Fox? No, it's somebody else. Uh, Alma in L.A. Is that Jeremy Fox? No, that's no, not. It's somebody else. But that Alma has that story, right? Where they got top best new something from some publication and then closed. That's like, already yeah. Um, yeah. Then then have opened up different iterations and sure. are now doing different restaurants. Right, of um, course. You're, you're talking about closing while you're at the top sort of thing yeah. or like, uh, or, or also closing because sometimes getting a, a best new restaurant or getting a, a, you know, number one top, whatever, like doesn't always equate to business. Right. Right. I mean, it depends on kind of financially where the world is and where, you know, where people are, but yeah, generally speaking, it does mean more people are going to show up. Yeah, right. Usually. Um, yeah. And it also means, I think for, you know, Bon Appetit's not one of those magazines, but I think we're, like, I'm using maybe Michelin Guide in a different way, where mm. if you were a little restaurant like that, and then all of a sudden you get a couple Michelin stars, right. now you're attracting potentially a, a totally different clientele. Diner, yeah. Which is looking for something that, you know, could be different, which, good segue to our trip in uh, Europe. Totally. Where... You know, uh, service is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not that it's not a thing. All, all, all the Psalms and, and uh, restaurant owners and maitre d's are going to be upset like, that I said it that way. But like where service is still uh, the profession of being a server or, you know, or, or being in the hospitality industry mm. is still a little bit more revered. Didn't you get that sense in, in Italy, specifically in, in uh, like we were at a resort with a Michelin star restaurant. Mm. Uh, we were at a, you know, five star, you know, hotel, you know, in sure. the middle of Rome. Where like even the people that are banging it out on the, the breakfast buffet line, um, you, you can tell are like career service people, like changing out your napkin and silverware every I think you're getting swept turn. up in the romance a little bit. Really? I, a little bit. I think I've never had better breakfast buffet service <laughs> than we had when we were in Rome without even revealing the hotel. I, I was kind of uh, blown away by how many times. Uh, really? Maybe it was just I, that I, I mean, was blown away. I would away. agree with you at the hotel that we were at in Tuscany that has like, you know, like you said, the Michelin star restaurant, like the service there was incredible, but... Shakira was there. By the way, real quick, I saw you Shakira. 
Yes, I did. You, you don't get to claim it after. I, it's, I'm not claiming it after. You Should are I have claiming said, it after. Yes. Who's that super like glossy looking sure. uh, lady sitting by herself with that handsome guy sure. at lunch for no reason Why in, not? A, in an empty restaurant all yeah. by themselves? But you don't get to claim it when we're driving out of town and the driver guys, says, hey, did you know Shakira we, was staying at your we, hotel we, before we, you guys got there? We went to a beautiful little inn in Tuscany and Shakira was staying there with uh, PK. She checked out on the day we checked in. Exactly. Uh-huh. And guess what? They checked out after a lunch that they had by themselves in that Michelin star restaurant. And I, don't I was know like, if that Who is when that? it happened. Yes. It, they, that's when they checked out. And then we found out that Shakira was there and it all came together. And then all that of a sudden, I had you saw made Shakira. eye contact twice in one day with Shakira. Well, twice. Because I also saw her walking out of the, walking out of the restaurant later when I went upstairs. This, I, I don't believe you. I don't it, I care. don't believe you. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you can't claim sightings like that after they happen. You know? I, it doesn't matter. I saw Shakira. I'm sticking to my story. That's fine. Um, I also saw PK, who was uh, a hero of uh, the Spanish national football team. And you, as and a soccer fan, didn't even recognize him. He was sitting him. down. If it he was standing matter. up, he's a super tall guy. Would it's a pretty have rec- dis- I, distinct looking dude. I knew that they were someone. You know how when you just look you at someone that's You never like, mentioned it to anyone else you know in the party. Not any other... None, you did not utter a word to anyone else I just that you thought, thought it was, it was fancy, someone. Because I just thought it was a fancy lady and at then a you fancy did, resort. And then you didn't say, well, look at that fancy lady. Sadly enough, I obviously did not recognize that it was Shakira. I just knew it. that it was someone that was incredibly important. Sure. You can't claim um, it. Anyway, where were we? Oh, we were in Rome. We were in we Rome. We were in Italy. We were in Rome. It was amazing. Yeah. You know what we saw a lot of in Rome, by the way? I, I mean, lots of things, but what do you have in mind? Pellegrino. No. Oh. For over a century, S. Pellegrino sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage. In, in Italy, you just say, I'll have a Pellegrino, and it means uh, bubbly water. In a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the red stars become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences and with its distinctive gentle bubbles. Uh, subtle nuances and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the taste of nearly all all cuisines, especially Italian cuisine. That's why I serve it in all of my restaurants and enjoy it at home with my family and had, I don't know, uh, a couple hundred bottles perhaps uh, while we were just... like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was like Forrest Gump at the White House with Pellegrino in Rome. Uh, it's the special experiences with family and friends that matter most, a crowded dinner table, a shared moment at a resort in Tuscany when you make a Shakira spotting. Those are the moments when it's time to break open some Pellegrino. This holiday season, plan for an unforgettable meal and a most memorable moment with S. Pellegrino on the table. You'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. And maybe you too will pop open a bottle and perhaps see Shakira uh, sitting across from you in a Michelin-starred restaurant. To enhance your holidays with the unique recipes and to get culinary tips, visit recipes at sanpellegrino.com. That's recipes.sanpellegrino.com. Dot com. Uh, nice. Big fun. Uh, Italy was great. Uh, Turkey, hit us up on the Instagram. What do you think, right? If you want to know why Jasmine is looking for a metal detector, hit us up on the Instagram. And if you want to know, <laughs> and let us know how you cooked your turkey. And if you had any <laughs> crazy experiences. Or if you um, saw Shakira. But or if you saw it, Shakira. But didn't mention it to anybody. But did not mention it to your significant other. Uh, give us a shout out. Oh, you know what we didn't mention? Like if I see anybody, I tell you, I think it's somebody. Even if it's not. That's true. That's true. That's why you can't claim it. But I did see her. No, you I didn't. Did. Uh, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Starving for Attention. Uh, until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blades. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. 
Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors who make this possible. Anilon Nouvelle Copper. Visit Macy's to shop the collection or go to Anilon.com now. To San Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit SanPellegrino.com. And of course, True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Until next week, stay hungry.